This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler here for hour number three. The Ty Butler Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. If you haven't heard by now, the Nets made a big blockbuster move. Kyrie Irving had requested a trade. He is now gone, and he goes to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a 2027 first-round pick. And second-round picks also go into the Nets. Involved in that trade was Marquise Morris, so he goes to Dallas. And uh, the Kyrie era comes to uh, an ending, mercifully. And what a disaster it was. You look back at what he's done so far in his career since hitting that shot to beat the Warriors in the 2016 NBA Finals because that was supposed to be the moment that you know took him to the next phase of his career you, you're the Batman to LeBron's you're, you're the Robin to LeBron's Batman you hit the biggest shot in NBA history you overcame a 3-1 deficit in the Finals bringing their Cavs their first championship in franchise history bringing that city their first title in what 50 plus years we thought that could be the start of something special. And since then, Kyrie's Irving, Kyrie Irving's career has just been a flat-out disappointment. Leave LeBron because you wanted to go to Boston to be your own guy. Then you fractured that locker room. You leave them to go play with your best friend, Kevin Durant. And since coming to Brooklyn, in year one, he played 20 games. In year two, he got hurt in the playoffs after he took two weeks off randomly during the season. You remember that? In year three... He refused to get vaccinated, forced Brooklyn to trade Harden for Simmons. James Harden would have wanted to be here, but Kyrie Irving was just too too flaky. So you force Harden out, and now, excuse me, this year you demand a trade. That on top of getting Kenny Atkinson fired, that on top of the, the, the mess that you created by saying Steve Nash could be the head coach one day and Ky- Katie could be the head coach one day and Kyrie Irving another day. The like tweet, all the drama that he can't it just it wasn't worth it anymore. So I, I don't understand how Kyrie Irving doesn't look himself in the mirror today and it's just absolutely embarrassed. Because you are so talented. I don't want to hear anyone call him a superstar. He's not a superstar. He is a he is an excellent scorer and he's fun to watch. He's not a superstar. Superstars, Jokic, Luka, Giannis, Durant, those are superstars. Steph Curry, Embiid, those are the superstars. A guy who can, without question, be the best player on a title contender. Kyrie Irving is not that. Now, he's fun to watch. He's a great scorer. The wizardry around the basket, the ball handling, we get mesmerized by it. Superstar, he is not. And on top of that, he's just an awful teammate. We got to call it what it is. He is he is an awful teammate. Awful teammate. So this mercifully ends what was just an embarrassing, embarrassing tenure here in Brooklyn. And I know the Nets regret getting into bed with him. But you needed to do it because you knew it would land you Kevin Durant. But they had to do it all over again. You wonder, even if it meant not getting KD, you, you get into bed with this guy? Look, look what the mockery he's made of your franchise. What an utter and complete failure. Now, again, I mentioned the Nets did get some assets in addition to what they got from the James Harden trade. So they're still set up to go out there and make another move because, ironically enough, they're in a situation now where they have the superstar in Kevin Durant and they have the role players on the team with Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton. They have the, the, the role players needed. You just got to find that second star. And I think Jock Vaughn's been tremendous this year. 
So you get that second star, and, and, and then maybe you're back into the co- championship conversation. And by the way, another thing we got to point out, can we can we extinguish the, re- the re- revisionist history that is happening right now with Kevin Durant? And folks are like, well, should have never left Golden State. You could have just kept winning championships. Guys, let's go back to his tenure in Golden State. All we heard when he was there was that nothing he did in Golden State was going to count historically because it was the easy way out. It was the biggest or the weakest move by a superstar we'd ever seen in NBA history. Winning with Steph Curry, Draymond, and Klay Thompson, a team that had won a championship, doesn't count for anything. All y'all kept saying was he can't be there anymore because his career is not advancing by collecting championships. It was meritless. So now, once we see what's happened with Kyrie, oh, you should have stayed in Golden State? Stop it. You're a fraud if you're saying that. To the, 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 what can be true is he made the wrong decision teaming up with Kyrie Irving. That's the wrong move. But leaving Golden State, everyone said he had to leave. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone lines. We go Freddie in Brooklyn. What's up, Freddie? Sorry, how are you doing? What's good, man? I would like doing? to look at this. All right. I would like to look at this from the Brooklyn, from the Dallas side of things. Um, let me ask you first. As a pure basketball player, who would you prefer, Luca or Kyrie? Uh, would I prefer as a basketball player? Luca, easily. Okay, so that's why I think there's going to be a definite clashing of airs in Dallas because Luca is ball dominant and he's not about to give that over to Kyrie who will also want to dominate things because, as you say, he's too selfish and he wouldn't want to take place that considered to Luca. So it's not going to work because you know, see, I'm making a poor, poor prediction that there's going to be another mess Ruin in Dallas before long because the ball can't share between the two. Then Luka is about to bow and play second with the Kyrie. No, listen, I, I agree, Freddie. Appreciate the call. Look, this this has a high ceiling because I think that because of the nature of the Western Conference, like the Warriors right now with the Steph Curry injury are pretty much in a free fall. It's a team that all year has been inconsistent. And actually not inconsistent. They've been consistently bad on the road. They win all their games at home. And now this is the second injury for Steph Curry. The second injury for Steph Curry. So I think that with the West opening up, this creates an opportunity for Dallas to ascend. Because right now they're the sixth seed, but they're also tied with the Suns and the Clippers in the loss column. So they could very well be hosting a home playoff series in the first round. So it becomes, you know, who, who do you trust more? You, who do you trust ahead of them? Uh, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings? The, remember, the Mavs were in the Western Conference Finals last year. They lose Jalen Brunson, and now you add Kyrie Irving. So you, you pretty much upgraded there. And that's no shade at Brunson, but Kyrie Irving is a, a better player than Jalen Brunson. I think what we're going to learn, though, is how Jason Kidd is going to have to find a way to incorporate Kyrie Irving uh, by not taking away from Luka's strengths. Luka's got a high usage percentage. He's a ball-dominant basketball player, and that's when he's at his best. But he now has the second star in Kyrie Irving. So I think they have a high ceiling offensively, but they're going to get crushed defensively. <laughs> that backcourt is going to get crushed defensively because none of those two guys play defense. I'm being told we got Frank Isola coming up next, so uh, we'll continue to get to the phone calls here at 800-919-3776. We'll squeeze one more in. This is uh, Lamar in the Bronx. What's up, Lamar? 
Hey, what's going on, Ty? I just wanted to say what's up. The number one, you, you first of all, you, we need a show, man. Come on, let's get the show soon. Let's Listen, get the show daily, right? Ty, yeah, let's get a daily show. Yeah, man, I'm tired of you being a pinch hitter and a six man. We need you. We need a, we need a, we need a tie show. I got one at the end for you, but I just Appreciate wanted you. to just tell you, um, the whole thing about Kyrie, it's terrible. Why are other teams not seeing that he could be a cancer to their team? We all know his talent, but it makes no sense to have a player of his magnitude and of his following to go into teams and to just destroy them. He did it to Cleveland. He did it to Boston. So you have a young Luka. You don't want to mess up a young Luka like this. So I think it's, it's kind of crazy. And then the second thing is, uh, what do you think about this show? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Butler. You be yeah, safe, Ty. I would love it, man. Let let the higher ups know. Appreciate the love, Lamar. Let the higher ups know. That would be fun. That would be fun. And on the Kyrie Irving thing, you nailed it. As I keep mentioning, you have three different three different franchises that were contending for championships that Kyrie Irving came in and and pretty much destroyed. Like that that's becoming his legacy. We're getting further and further removed from him hitting the biggest shot in NBA history, and the the, the story of him. You go to the Wikipedia page. Is becoming more about how selfish he has become and how he just continues to be a bad teammate, bad locker room guy. Look what he did to this Nets organization. They put all their eggs in this basket. And look, at the time, it made sense. Because you can say, look, he, he didn't want to play with LeBron anymore. Got tired of playing with LeBron. Went to Boston, and it just didn't work out. It wasn't his, his finest moment as a teammate. He's learned from it. He's humble because now he's teaming up with one of his good buddies and coming to Brooklyn where they've got a chance to create their own legacy. They've got a chance to become champions. But since he's been here, he's done nothing. And he won one playoff series. One playoff series. Beat the Celtics. Then got hurt against the Bucks. And since then, it's just been an utter disaster. Frank Isola, we talk to him next right here on 98.7 ESPN. This the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Time, but right now it is a pleasure to be joined by the great Frank Isola of the Yes Network. I was actually, Yes Network, I was actually driving, listening to him on the K Show. So it is a, a privilege to be joined by you, Frank, if we've never met before. But I'm Ty, nice to meet you, man. How you doing? Good, good to talk to you. Don't call me the great one. You know, many people just pulled over to the side of the road and probably vomited when you said that, so. Well, don't, I think you're great, that. man. Just say okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the okay Frank Isola, who you also find his work there you go. on Sirius XM NBA Radio. So listen, Frank, I just got to get your initial reaction to the Kyrie Irving trade. He's headed to Dallas. In comes Dorian Finney-Smith and um, why am I blanking on uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Uh, so your reaction to the trade here? Well, I, th- I think Kyrie... You know, once again, this is two opportunities where he's wanted to go to L.A., specifically the Lakers. And I think, you know, I know he's using his, uh, I think it's his stepmom for his agent. I don't know how much experience she has, but a lot of times if you get the more, you know, experienced agent, maybe they could figure out a way to get it done. I think Kyrie made a big mistake here. You know, you're playing with Kevin Durant. I understand the business side of it, that you want to get paid, but, you know, he has to be realistic about it. The last three years, all he's done was miss games. So, yes, he's been great the last two months. There's no question about it. But And he wants to base it just on the past two months. The Nets can't do that. 
So they were willing to negotiate with him and actually give him a pretty decent contract, but there were stipulations there. The Nets have to protect themselves. He got insulted by that. And I think sometimes when you kind of have family members getting involved in the negotiations, that could sometimes happen. I, th- I think I think he made a big mistake. I think the Nets, you know, they're not getting a player back that's as good as Kyrie from just a skill standpoint and a, st- a talent standpoint. But Spencer Dinwiddie, who the Nets obviously know, you know, if you look at what he did last year, Game Seven against Phoenix, yep. he's the reason why the Phoenix Suns. I'm sorry, why the Dallas Mavericks beat the Phoenix Suns. And Dorian Finney-Smith is a very good two-way player, and the Nets are getting a first-round pick, and they're getting second-round picks. And now, you know, with what the Nets have on their roster, you know, they could actually, you know, they're in position to make another trade. You know, they got guys like Joe Harris and Seth Curry and Royce O'Neal. You know, they could, in theory make another move because I know I know they want to add a little bit of size to their roster. So I think for the Nets, you know, I think enough was enough with the whole situation with Kyrie Irving. He was finally playing well. He seemed to be happy, but it never lasts very long with Kyrie. He's just, you know, too many missed games. You know, Charles Barkley, you know, said something, which I know Kyrie was offended by, and he called him half man, half a season. But, you know, Kyrie's going to finish his career having played in 157 games for the Nets and having missed 141. He just misses too many games. There's no, you know, those are facts. Like we can sit here and debate, well, this guy's better. He's better. He can do this. He can do that. He's not available. And, you know, it's the old cliche, your best ability is availability. He just was not available enough. So I was actually shocked uh, that the Nets caved and, you know, gave into his, his trade request because you go back to the James Harden trade last year, that was one that did not age well for them. And I understand they were in a situation where there was a threat of losing him for nothing, but, you know, Harden's back to being a guy who's leading the league in assists and could have very well been an all-star. And look what you get back. Seth Curry's been good, and and Drummond was good for you last year, but you would much rather have Harden than the guys that you have. And and you go back to this past offseason where KD requested a trade, and they didn't acquiesce to it. So when you acquiesce to the yeah. trade, it doesn't work out. When you when you have KD and you say, you know what, we're going to keep you, it worked out. So I'm just shocked that they gave in to Kyrie. Well, you know, I don't look at it like that because I do think, like with the Kevin Durant situation, I actually thought the Nets handled it really well because, number one, you know, Sean Marks is the you know president of the team, Joe Sy, the owner. Once Kevin Durant came out with his trade request, you never heard a word from those guys. So they handled that the right way. They you know, they weren't negotiating through the, the uh, through the press. They were doing everything, uh, you know, behind the scenes, and they were calling teams. And their thing was, we'll trade Kevin Durant, but we know he's one of the best players in the league, and we're going to try to get the most that we can from. So, you know, teams like Boston, for example, you know, they weren't looking to trade Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They were just looking to add Kevin Durant to what they already had. So everyone was looking to get Kevin Durant on the cheap. So the Nets made a legitimate, you know, bid to try to trade him, but they wanted a trade that helped him, helped them. And when it didn't happen. And they told Kevin Durant, listen, you're going to have to be on the team. The one thing they do, and this is the thing about Kevin Durant, you know, forget all the, um, you know, the burner accounts that he might have and, you know, requesting a trade. When you throw the ball up, Kevin Durant's going to play. Kevin Durant is a basketball junkie. He's a basketball nerd. He loves to play. All he ever thinks about is basketball. So to me, there was never going to be a threat that once you didn't meet Kevin Durant's trade demands, and if he was back on the team, that he was going to dog it or not play. Now, Kyrie, that's a gigantic question mark here. You know, the threat of him not suiting up. Now, he wouldn't get paid if he didn't do that. But I think the Nets looked at it as, you know, enough is enough. Let's remember, two months ago, we're all sitting here wondering what was Kyrie Irving's immediate future mm-hmm. in, in the league once that whole situation with the tweet and the anti-Semitic content that it had, 
the five-game suspension, which turned into eight. He had to issue an apology. He then waited like uh, 10 days to finally issue the apology. You're wondering where his career was. And here he is, you know, two months later, two, three months later. Now, he's the one making demands. I think the Nets just said, you know what, enough is enough. I mean, if you really look from the start of his time with the Nets until where he is now, it's just been too much nonsense. And I think they said enough was enough. I think they looked at it as, you know what, we have between now and Thursday. Let's do it now. And I think the fact that it happened today tells you that the Nets may have something in mind between now and Thursday. So I want to ask you about that because you alluded to it, you know, the, the picks that they got and – they now have the 2027 first-round pick that's top eight protected from the Sixers that they got in the Harden trade, along with the first-rounder from Dallas that's unprotected and their own first-rounder in 2029. You mentioned Joe Harris. Uh, you could also throw in Seth Curry, Patty Mills. We saw Cam Thomas last night put up a 44-piece. So they do look like they have some, some attractive assets. Are there any names out there or you know certain targets that we should be looking at as far as you know joining this team before the Thursday trade deadline? And I think, you know, do they have the assets to get, you know, a player from Toronto or could it be, uh, you know, a player from Chicago? Because those are two teams that, you know, could be looking to make a move. But there's always going to be teams, you know, especially, you know, teams that may want to get under the luxury tax. So I think the Nets, when you got a guy like Kevin Durant, I think they're going to want to show Kevin Durant that they're still very much uh, committed to trying to win a championship. So I, I could see – I don't know if they're going to do something. I'm sure that they're going to be active. And I think right now, now that the whole Kyrie Irving situation has been resolved, they're giving themselves a lot of time to work on deals between now and Thursday at 3 o'clock. That's when the trade deadline is. You're talking to Frank Isola of the Yes Network and Sirius XM NBA Radio. And ESPN. Don't forget ESPN. And ESPN, of course. Uh, Frank, so you mentioned Durant. Any idea how he feels about everything that's happening right now? He saw Harden get shipped last year. He, now his his best buddy, Kyrie Irving, is no longer here. What do you think he makes of all of this right now? I, I don't know. That's a difficult one to read. I think Kevin Durant, when it comes to stuff like that, I think he's been a pretty good teammate where he doesn't really throw anybody under the bus. But I do know this, and maybe this was just the timing of it. Maybe it was just a coincidence, if you believe in stuff like that. But, you know, Kyrie opted into his contract, and then within, what was it, 48 hours, 24 hours, Kevin Durant announced that he wanted – there was demand of a trade. Yep. So, you know, Kyrie was already coming back to the team, and Kevin Durant was <laughs> saying, uh, I, you know, I, I want to be traded if you, could, if you could somehow make that happen. So I don't know what that means. I think Kevin Durant wants to play with guys who, who want to play and can play. There's no question that Kyrie Irving could play basketball. What he's done over the last two months was really good, and it just shows you that when he's just about basketball – you know, he can be a lights-out player. But I would have to think that Kevin Durant probably got – this is just me saying this. I think I would have to think that Kevin Durant just got a little worn out from some of the nonsense that went on. Remember, you know, Kevin Durant's career, you know, he played in Oklahoma City where his teammate was Russell Westbrook. And I know that those guys eventually had a falling out. But Russell Westbrook plays all the time. Yeah. You may not like some of the things that Russell Westbrook does out on the court, but Russell Westbrook is, plays, he competes. And then when he went to the Golden State Warriors – you know, you're playing with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. You know, those guys, those are three professional players that are very committed to their craft, that, have a, that feel like they have a responsibility to the team and play all the time. Then he comes to Brooklyn, and again, he's playing with Kyrie Irving, who has got talent, but 157 games played, 141 games missed. And I, I, think that, I think that's a number that is in Kevin Durant's head. So I'm looking at... Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks, and I think we now see in retrospect allowing Jalen Brunson to walk, which is not 
the best decision. When you got Luka in his prime playing the way that he has has been, and you know, you, you've got this championship window. He just doesn't seem to have that star power. So now you go out there and you trade for Kyrie. What I just don't understand is how do you trust this guy? He's torched. Think about this, Frank. Three straight franchises with title hopes. The Cavs had won a championship and were still contending. The Celtics, you know, got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They just couldn't beat LeBron. Without and the Nets. They got, yeah. they got there without him. Without him. Couldn't beat LeBron. And now the Nets, three teams with championship aspirations. And by the way, you played with LeBron and Kevin Durant, and you decided, yeah, I want out? I just don't I don't understand. Like, this guy, like, I just don't get it. And if you're the Mavs, this, this, is a, this is a high risk. And that's why, for me, you know, it's one thing to get Kyrie in a one-year deal, which, let's face it, that's essentially what he was on this year. And you had the nonsense in October into November, and now you have the stuff he wanted to be traded. But he did play. You know, the best that he's played is this year, essentially on a one-year contract. So if you want to go give him three, four years, you're going to do, you, whatever you get, you deserve. Because how, how you wouldn't think that it's not going to work out. I know people are going to get a, you know, oh, you hate Kyrie, this and that. Again, the numbers. He doesn't play. And think about it. It's either injury, illness, suspension, vaccination status, personal leave, and now last night was a trade to me. It's always something with Kyrie. I say it all the time. It's always something with Kyrie, and that always something results in missed games. Those are the facts. Those are the facts. And I, I just, so on the Mavs, it's just looking big picture in the Western Conference. We got news today that Steph Curry is going to mi- miss multiple weeks, got a leg injury. The West already felt wide open. Uh, no one's really going to trust the Nuggets until we see. I know they got to a conference finals in the bubble, but no, we're going we're gonna to put all of our trust in them until we see uh, tangible results. You've got the Kings as a three seed. You've got the Grizzlies there who have been struggling, and the Clippers, of course. Feels like the West is wide open. You're giving the Mavs a, a shot to make some noise, assuming Kyrie does, you know, play the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, you know, you do have Luka Doncic, which, which is a very, you know, I actually think he's a better playoff player than even a regular season player. He's very difficult to guard. He could control a game, so you know they could in theory be a dangerous team. But I don't see them winning three playoff rounds to get to the NBA Finals. You know, Denver right now is the team, and Memphis obviously having gone through it last season, but I think you're right. I think the West is wide open. I still don't know what to make of the Golden State Warriors. You know, you keep waiting for the young players to do something. I know they're one game over 500. Now they're going to have to go through another stretch without Steph Curry. So it's the West. To me, you can make a case for a lot of teams. Do I think Dallas got better? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, yes, it's it's a bigger name, and it's a guy that can close in big games, but Spencer Dinwiddie did a pretty good job last year in game seven against Phoenix. Again, that was against a team with the best record. So, I don't know. I, I look at it as Dallas had a chance to sign Jalen Brunson last year during the season for about $50 million. Yeah. Why they didn't do that makes no sense because guess what? He was an asset. You always could have traded him if you want the guy. But I don't know. Jalen Brunson is a leader. He's a winner wherever he's been. He's a low-maintenance guy. I get it. Kyrie is, is better talented. But I don't know. I, I just think at this stage of the game, you're better off with Jalen Brunson than you would have been with Kyrie. Do you think, and I'll leave you with this, let's just assuming the Nets don't do anything at the deadline, do you think this will be the last we see of KD in a net uniform? No, I don't, I don't think that. He's still on the contract for three years. You know, so I'm sure he talks a lot. You know, the fact that he wasn't on the bench yesterday when he had been on the bench for the previous games, do I think, you know, I, I, I wonder if he wasn't in some kind of meeting with the front office and also the owner of the team 
and they're probably going over uh, different types of scenarios. You know, the one thing about Kevin Durant, especially if you get under the cap, you know, players want to play with Kevin Durant. He's that kind of superstar. Kevin Durant does everything the right way. He's unselfish. He plays hard. He's a winning player. He takes big shots in games. He rebounds. He defends. You know, everyone talks about leadership. I'm watching this guy real closely the last few years. This guy, like, I, I know there's a lot of nonsense off the court, but when it comes to playing the games, that guy is a legit, true superstar. He is, and it's a, it's a, it's a joy to watch him play. Well, the OK Frank Isola, we do appreciate you joining the program Thank today. You. ES, ESPN, Yes Network, and Sirius XM NBA Radio. You enjoy the rest of your Sunday, man, man, my man. All right, thanks. You too. Take care. Take care. That was Frank Isola. We appreciate his time today. 800-919-3776. We are still reacting to the bombshell news. Kyrie Irving has been treated. His era in Brooklyn has come to an end. So it started off promising with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and it just did not end very well. So we'll react to that, taking your phone calls at 800-919-3776, and continue to take you on social media as well, Ty D. Butler, Twitter, and Instagram. Hit us up. We will return with your phone calls right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening to the show, tuning in. It's been a blast. Alan Hahn was great. Frank Isola was fantastic. Superb was Nick Friedle. And then the homies back in the studio, Joe and Chantel, have just been tremendous today. Appreciate all the calls, all of you know the messages I got on Twitter and Instagram, Ty D. Butler. We'll continue the phone calls at 800-919-3776 to wrap up the show. Just got a couple minutes left before we hand the baton over to the Knicks pregame show, getting you ready for Knicks Sixers at the Garden. The New York Islanders' 50th anniversary season continues with celebrations and giveaways all season long at UBS Arena. ESPN New York wants to make you a part of this historic season. Enter to win two free tickets to see the Islanders face off against the Vancouver Canucks at home on February 9th. That's coming up. Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to contest, and submit your entry. For contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for the team news, tickets, and more, and catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. It is amazing. The potential, the level of stardom that came with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn and the prospect of what could have been. And then four years later, we're talking about Kyrie Irving being traded. They played 87 games together. 87 games together in four years. 87 games. Two playoff appearances. You won one playoff series. And you finished under 500 in the playoffs. That's amazing. And I actually feel bad for Durant because, look, he's been plagued by injuries in, in, in three straight years. But when he's on the floor, he's amazing. He's an MVP candidate. And he's doing everything in his power to get this team to championship level. But he just chose the wrong guy. He chose the wrong guy. Kyrie Irving was an absolute disaster. An absolute disaster. And there's no two ways about it. Just an, an absolute disaster. Richard in Manhattan is going to wrap it up for us today. Hopefully he comes with something strong and not a history lesson. Let me hear from you, Richard. What do you got? Ty, have we ever seen this, though? Two ball-dominant guys, guards on the same team that lasted, though. Uh, not to this level, but remember the Knicks that year had um, Steve Francis and Stephon Marbury? Oh, but they were Francis was past his prime. 
right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm talking about two guys in their prime. Allen Iverson and, Mar- and Carmelo Anthony on the Nuggets. No, guards, guards, oh, guards two guards. Yeah, just guards, okay. I uh, mean, you could say Harden, Westbrook. Or, but yeah, that's Harden, Westbrook, stuff. Harden, Kyrie. Harden is didn't more last. A, yeah. But didn't last. No, I'm talking about sustained. Mm, yeah. Have you ever? Have we ever? Se- I mean, can you got you got to go back to Frazier and Monroe. There's never been two ball to, ball dominant guys like this. And you I know, ja- Luka, Bradley Ty. Beal became more ball dominant as he oh, got with older. The John, John Wall. Wall. Yeah, with John. But Wall. you know, Luke is like a rhythm player. Yeah, you know, he pounds the ball a lot to create a rhythm for himself. You know, he's like a slow motion type of guy, effective. But he needs that ball just to pound it, and that gets him into his rhythm. You know what I'm saying? He's not a quick shoot, fast kind of guy. I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting just to see them two. I mean, I want to see it happen because I like Jason Kidd. I'd love to see it go. And it's great. I mean, it's daring on their part, Dallas's part. Hey, listen, I want to see everybody play well. I mean, I'm only worried about myself watching entertaining basketball. And that Nick game last week against the Nets, that was unbelievable. Hey, look, Ty, one more thing. Why does Thibodeau get a pass? Three straight games in a row, he's made the wrong decisions at the end of the game. We won one of them, but the other two we lost. That's Thibodeau's fault. we I, I think that falls more on players' execution. I appreciate the call, Richard. Uh, the 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 Randall Brunson situation at the end of the Laker game. I, I think the play was probably to get Brunson the final shot because you assume the Lakers were going to bring the double team. It, it, it didn't execute. Last night, the offensive rebound. I'm going to put that on Tom Thibodeau. I, I I don't think I can do that. We didn't get a chance to talk about the Super Bowl today because Kyrie Irving dominated the conversation. But I am happy. That uh, 35 years after Doug Williams became the first black quarterback to start in the Super Bowl, we'll have two black starting quarterbacks for the first time with Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. So that's exciting. Uh, I think the Bengals are still the better team in the end, uh, but the Chiefs have the best player in football, and now he's you know really approaching a, a conversation that we might have to start to have because for Mahomes, this could be the start of the greatest quarterback resume ever. Like he likely won't get to seven, but LeBron didn't need to get to six to pass Jordan for the greatest player of all time. Mahomes in five seasons got two. Like he could in five seasons, two championships, two regular season MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, and could become this just the seventh player in NFL history to win an MVP and Super Bowl MVP in the same season. So we're talking about quite the resume for Patrick here. Now, if he loses, changes the conversation. But a, a win here, and we start to carve out a way for maybe him to become the greatest quarterback of all time. How about this, though? If the Eagles win, this will be the second NFC East team to have multiple championships, so you include the Giants, since the Cowboys last played in the conference championship. So for Jerry Jones to watch the Eagles win two and the Giants to win two since his team last played in a conference championship, whoa. That will be a humongous L. We are back on these airways, previewing the Super Bowl next Sunday, 2 to 5. So make sure you tune into that. Thank you guys for tuning into this show. Up next, Nick's pregame right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.